0: Section 18 of The Cambridge Modern History, Volume 1 The Renaissance. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 5 Florence, 1 Savonarola by E. Armstrong. Part 3 notwithstanding savonarola's political activity politics were for him solely subordinate to ethics the form of government was not an end in itself but the means to moral purification tyrants must be expelled not because they were oppressive but because they were morally perverting he preached against cosimo de medici's maxim that a state could not be governed by paternosters the more spiritual a polity the stronger it was where there was grace there were unity obedience sobriety and therefore strength riches followed grace and enabled the citizens to help each other and the commune in times of need in a state that kept its word The soldiers were braver and more regularly paid. Enemies feared the city that was at unity with itself, and friends more readily sought its alliance. For Savonarola, the state was co-extensive with the citizens' moral and religious welfare. His aim may almost be termed a system of state socialism applied to ethics rather than to economics his program was set out in four clauses the fear of god the common weal universal peace political reform he confessed that florence had begun at the end but hoped that she would work backwards politics and ethics were so closely dovetailed that he regarded opposition to his political views as involving sin and herein lies his justification for his unmeasured denunciation of his opponents the friars influence upon the new government is proved by its first legislative acts especially by the terrible penalties attached to unnatural vice the deadly canker of florentine life he like other friars before him believed to be gambling to eradicate this he was prepared to violate the privacy of family life destroy individual liberty and make the servant an informer against his master gambling he would punish with torture blasphemy with piercing of the tongue the dress and the hair of women and children were made the subject of legislation the establishment of Monte di pieta state pawnbroking offices would nowadays be regarded as an economic measure in savonarola's eyes it was mainly ethical a form of state charity and a protest against usury indeed he at first proposed that the state should lend free of interest his success in this measure proved his strength for again and again franciscans had advocated this check upon usurious jews who in bad seasons gained a hold upon the poor invariably they had been shown the city gate by the upper citizens themselves as was believed not averse to usurious interest quite of late piero de medici had favored a monte di pieta but had found the opposition insuperable savonarola was no professed anti-semite he expressed in print his sympathy for the jews and his desire for their conversion but for all that he virtually rid florence of them his enemies accused savonarola of leading the poor to idle the general sense of excitement and unrest was no doubt intensified by prophecy nevertheless he consistently preached the gospel of labor for rich and poor he had made every member of his own convent toil for its support from the pulpit he implored artisans to return to work and the employers to find them labor to give work he repeated was the best form of charity no one need fear starvation who lived a godly and industrious life the rich he preached should labor even as the poor he denounced the princes who lived on their subjects without protecting them the wealthy who cornered grain who scraped away the wages of the poor who would give their worn-out shoes in lieu of money but in the financial crisis through which florence was passing an exhortation to work was not enough crowds of peasants were driven into the towns by war and famine wages must be supplemented by public and private charity collections were raised in the churches in the processions at the street corners by house to house visitation the government was urged to buy up grain from abroad to open a relief office to write off old arrears of taxes the reform of the public holidays was a natural consequence of the political and moral revolution for the medici had closely associated themselves with these and their return was to be marked by a revival of the old magnificence savonarola knew as all earnest reformers know that such holidays not only contain possibilities of irreparable evil in themselves but taint the preceding and succeeding months and permanently lower the standard of national purity and sobriety he insisted on the suppression by the state of the horse races the bonfires and allegorical processions the gross carnival songs which would have been tolerated at no other season in the country towns the podesta was to forbid the public dances his enemies accused him of imposing total abstinence on florence a sienese satirist has jeered at florentine tea totalism but this was an exaggeration based apparently on recommendations for a short fast in time of national humiliation savonarola was aware that men and children cannot live without amusement and hence the processions the religious dances the burning of the vanities which have become so celebrated bands of urchins had been wont to stretch poles across the streets and levy blackmail upon the passers-by the proceeds were expended on a supper while faggots and brooms were piled round the pole and the stack converted into a bonfire after which the rival bands would stone each other throughout the night leaving some dead upon the square savonarola stopped this disgraceful custom the children used their poles with offertory bags suspended to collect alms and marched through the streets in thousands bearing crosses or olive branches these bands of hope were organized into a moral police gamblers fled at their approach they freely tore veils which they thought immodest from girls heads no lady dared flaunt her finery in the street They visited houses to collect materials for the great public bonfires known as the burning of the vanities. This latter was no new custom, it had been a common practice with mission friars. So lately as 1493, Fra Bernardino of Feltre had made a bonfire of false hair and books against the faith. Savonarola's bonfires have become more celebrated because they replaced the great public feasts and the process of collection was more elaborate and inquisitorial all the implements of gambling false hair indecent books and pictures masks and amulets scents and looking-glasses were cast into the flames it is impossible to decide whether objects of permanent value were destroyed savonarola had some love for poetry and much for art his denunciations against the realism of contemporary art referred usually to the introduction of portraiture or of nudities into sacred subjects representations of which should be the picture-books by which to teach the young among his devotees were several of the leading artists on the other hand there is a passage which urges the destruction of objects representing the pagan deities Drawing from the life had lately been the chief novelty in the development of Florentine art. Precisions could scarcely as yet accept this as a matter of course. It would not be surprising if among the indecencies were included scientific studies from the nude. Two of Savonarola's artistic followers, Bartolomeo della Porta and Lorenzo de Credi, had, as is known, devoted themselves to the new study and yet the examples that survive are extremely rare in literature burlamacchi the friars biographer speaks with delight of the destruction of pulci and boccaccio and this sacrifice savonarola's own sermons might lead us to think possible the idea of the dances was perhaps derived from the well-known pictures of the dominican artist fra angelico three rings of dancers novices with boys young friars with young laymen priests with aged citizens tripped it round the square with garlands on their heads folly savonarola preached had its proper seasons had not david danced before the ark there was in this some fantastic exaggeration which did the cause of righteousness no good all italy laughed and this was a pity for the florentines were of all italians the most sensitive they were too clever to bear ridicule no one has questioned the moral transformation wrought by savonarola for many no doubt it was the beginning of a new life many resisted the disillusion caused by the tragic circumstances of his end nevertheless in a city where individual liberty was highly prized the methods of transformation were not always welcome street urchins are no trained judges as to what luxuries are meat food for flames it is not surprising that young bloods jostled the boys in their processions and threw their crosses into the river the savage penalties proposed for gambling affected a large proportion of the citizens the very suggestion that slaves who turned informers should be liberated by the state disturbed the peace of many a fairly decent household all satirists and reformers believe that their own is an age of decadence that luxury and vice are the mushroom growth of their own short day had savonarola read his dante he would have found his own invectives applied to the golden age of florence the effective scene-painting of sin had been the task of generations of mission friars but in savonarola's character there had been from childhood an element that was at once morbid and chaotic: his early isolation from his fellows his vivid imagination his premature and phenomenal horror of sin his knowledge of the world through the confessional all caused him to exaggerate the wickedness of his time there was moreover in the religious exaltation of florence an element of hysteria the oft-repeated statement that savonarola broke up families by encouraging married women to enter nunneries rests upon a single passage in a mantuan ambassador's report which has been strangely misunderstood but it would seem true that women would rush at night to the cathedral to struggle with the friars opponents and that they saw in him the true light that was to come into the world at the convent of santa lucia there was an epidemic of religious mania among nuns of good family even savonarola on his trial laughed at the memory of one who snatched away his crucifix and so belabored him that he could scarce escape her clutches at san marco there was a case of hysteric epilepsy while there can be small question that the fantastic visions of the somnambulist fra silvestro obscured as time went on the sounder sense of savonarola himself a not unnatural reaction against the new puritanism showed itself whenever savonarola temporarily withdrew or lost his influence then the gambling hells the taverns, the brothels drove a roaring trade and savonarola's death was followed by scenes of profanity such as florence had never before witnessed it was a necessary result of the fusion of ethics and politics that the reformer regarded opposition to his political views as involving sin thus the dividing line in politics produced cleavage in morals and religion and vice versa serious political opponents became confused with men of pleasure and indeed scents and silks and sin were too apt to be the outward signs of the party loyalty of the Arabiati. florence on a small scale prefigured our own commonwealth and its results although savonarola seemed for a time all-powerful yet from the first there were elements of opposition florence had been saved from bloodshed but not from discord as the chemist landucci put it some would have it roast and others like it boiled there were those who muttered this dirty friar is bringing us to grief parties began to shape themselves it was scarcely a conflict of class against class though as yet savonarola could usually rely upon the middle perhaps upon the lower classes most of the aristocrats who had been instrumental in piero's expulsion were opposed to the friar who had robbed them of their reward less moderate than their leader piero caponi were the nerli the pazzi the younger line of medici and the clever lawyer vespucci the more pronounced of whom were nicknamed arrabbiati but francesco Valori. A leading member of the twenty, after some hesitation, became the recognized head of the Savonarolists, who were christened pianoni, snivellers, or colletorti, rye-necks They could boast of other members of good family who, before or afterwards, played leading parts. Such were Paolo Antonio Soderini, Giovanni Battista Ridolfi, Luca Albizzi alamano and jacopo salviati and piero guicciardini the historian's father the remnants of the medician party lay low thankful to have escaped with a sound skin or attached themselves to the other groups the Savonarolist party writes parenti included many medicians who had owed their lives to him and it was a common accusation against the friar that he was a secret adherent of the medici family solidarity was the most permanent feature of florentine life yet so intense was the excitement that families were riven asunder father standing against son and brother against brother the ridolfi the salviati the soderini were divided it was said indeed that paul Antonio Soderini made the family fortune safe by inducing his son to join the Compagnacci, a dining club of young bloods and swashbucklers irreconcilable to reform. The line of demarcation was as much ethical as political. Guicciardini has admirably analyzed the parties. Behind caponi were ranged aristocrats who hated popular government sceptics who disbelieved in prophecy libertines who feared molestation in their pleasures devotees of the franciscans and other orders against these valori led an equally heterogeneous force serious men who believed in savonarola's prophecies or welcomed his good works hypocrites who drew a mantle of sanctity round secret sin worldlings whose avenue to popularity and office lay through the stronger party the outward test was foreign policy here the line was hard and fast the piagnoni steadfastly looked to france for terrestrial salvation the arrabbiati in the phrase of the spanish pope and the austrian maximilian would be good italians they would join the italian league and close the peninsula to the foreigner they courted the pope and the duke of milan whose ambassador Somenzi became the receptacle or the source of all the scandal and intrigue against the friar it was certain that sooner or later foreign politics would help to decide the issue all depended on the realization of prophecies as to the recovery of pisa florence could not permanently remain in isolation prophecy unfortified by french aid would prove a stimulant with inevitable reaction if savonarola in machiavelli's words was an unarmed prophet the chosen city was a weak military state the rebellion of pisa tasked her whole strength for many years to come when charles the retired from naples savonarola met him on the florentine frontier at poggibonsi june fourteen ninety five and this on no public mission but as one directly inspired by god the king was threatened with the condign punishment of heaven if he did not behave honestly towards florence the prophecy seemed to receive fulfilment in the death of the king's children but this was slight consolation to the injured town charles indeed avoided florence but he demanded the third instalment of his subsidy and dismissed the prophet with the vague promises indignation was already expressed against the folly of clinging to france at the instigation of a foreign friar believe now in your friar men cried who declared that he held pisa in his fist no sooner had charles left italy than the french commandants corrupt and insubordinate sold the fortress of pisa to its inhabitants and lorenzo de medici's conquests sarzana and pietra santa to the genoese and lucchese respectively beaumont governor of leghorn alone restored his charge Thus florence had lost her seaboard from the mouth of the magra to the pisan marshes while the natural road northwards was blocked by unfriendly states nor was this all in the far south montepulciano revolted to siena whilst beyond the apennines the protectorate of faenza was abandoned and control lost of the well-worn route to the adriatic by the val de Lamone on the table-land of the mugello in the mountain basin of the casentino in the subject city of arezzo and all down the chiana valley florence had to fear a revival of local autonomy or lingering attachment to the medici from furthest north to extremest south from the pisan littoral to the backbone of the apennines the state was threatened with disintegration the league, which in March 1495 had been formed against the French, took Pisa under its protectorate. Ludovico il Moro, indeed, soon withdrew his troops. He had no wish to exasperate the Florentines. His aim was the erection of an oligarchy which would reconnect the chain of Florentine Milanese alliance snapped by Piero. But Venice had come to stay. By her settlements in Romagna and Apulia, she was making the Adriatic Amare Clausum. Pisa should be a stepping-stone to the monopoly of the Tuscan Gulf. The Pisan volunteers were now stiffened by the seasoned mercenaries of Venice, whose trained engineers strengthened the defenses which her artillery could arm. Her incomparable stradiot light-horse, swimming rivers and treating mountain water courses as high roads pushed far into florentine territory raided down the line of the modern railway towards volterra wasted the rich cornlands of the elsa threaded the intricate hill country towards the nievole endangering florentine communications with pistoia in 1509 their ubiquity was to be the bugbear of the finest french and imperial troops it is small wonder that they caused embarrassment to the inexperienced florentines pisa controlled a large territory she was protected to west and south by stagnant side channels of the arno and miasmatic marshes to east and northeast lay a mass of tumbling hills the pisan peasantry fought desperately and every hill village became a fortress Pisa could not be starved, for the sea was open to Genoese and Corsican corn-factors. Lucca afforded a ready market for the sale of Pisan property. Through Lucchese and Pisan hills wound convoys, whose local knowledge enabled them to baffle the vigilance or utilize the somnolence of the Florentine condottieri savonarola staked the truth of his inspiration on the recovery of pisa all that florence had lost should be restored and much that she had never possessed should be her prize the prophet's reputation would necessarily rise or fall with every turn in the pisan war amid all the new-born enthusiasm for liberty at florence there was no sympathy for the pisans who so bravely asserted theirs sympathetic as savonarola was by nature while he had not been born to a share in the old florentine hatreds not a word escaped his lips on behalf of the revolted town towards the close of the war florentines of the upper classes felt for the ruined peasantry and the women and children a pity which they scarcely dared express but when at this earlier stage a solitary canon of the cathedral asserted that pisa had a right to liberty he was severely punished by the piagnone government the idea of liberty stretched but a yard beyond the four quarters of florence and even there its currency was conditional on its being stamped with the hallmark of her guilds in the new constitution no reforms bettered the condition of her extensive territory charles the eighth had left italy never to return but the autumn of fourteen ninety six witnessed another flying royal visit the king of the romans had been induced by milan and venice to enter italy in favour of the league he came however as little more than ludovico moro's condottiere he had few troops and less money he had sailed as the saying went with a short supply of biscuit in his galley his wider schemes shrank to the relief of pisa in welcoming a king of the romans the pisans felt a glow of their old ghibelline enthusiasm they had thrown the florentine lion from their bridge into the arno and a statue of charles the eighth was reigning in its place they now served the french king as they had served the lion from pisa maximilian sailed to take its capture must have sealed the fate of florence for it was her last port the last gate open to her french allies but legorne was stoutly held from the village of imprunetta was brought to florence the sacred figure of the madonna and as it reached the ponte vecchio a horseman brought the news that a storm had scattered maximilian's ships and that a french squadron with supplies had broken the blockade to florentine imagination kept at fever heat by prophecy this seemed a miracle wrought by savonarola's intercession and the belief became a certainty when it transpired that the french had left marseilles on the very day on which the florentines had sent to impruneta the french alliance recovered its popularity maximilian hurried back to tyrol leaving italy to wonder or to laugh savonarola's fame was doubled by the salvation of legon and the close of the year fourteen ninety six was perhaps its zenith in the previous spring a group of aristocrats of secondary importance had formed an electoral ring to reject all opposition candidates this in florence was a criminal offence they were condemned by the eight and appealed to the council without success while their leaders were sentenced to life imprisonment then died piero caponi shot before a paltry fortress in the pisan hills so fierce was faction that the people rejoiced at Capponi's death yet he was the hero of fourteen ninety four a passionate champion against french and medici the most perhaps the only capable soldier and statesman in the city nor was he an uncompromising opponent he had cooperated with savonarola in saving the medicians and his attitude towards the friar had not been consistently unfriendly but marked character and high ambitions the florentine love of equality could not brook the ideal was a citizen who did everything that he was asked to do and nothing very ill or very well Capponi's death disorganized his party and the year closed with triumph for the piagnoni for francesco valori was elected gonfalonier for january fourteen ninety seven in the long run valori's leadership was no blessing to his party but as yet he was the people's darling one of the few citizens above suspicion of corruption he was devoted heart and soul to the service of the state he had no children his leadership could not found a dynasty it mattered little to humbler citizens that he was violent and eccentric that his tongue was biting and abusive and his temper impatient of contradiction inasmuch as the victims of these qualities were their opponents valori used his two months of office without stint or scruple in the Piagnone cause none but valori's partisans were elected to salaried offices or allowed to address the council every measure prepared by the valori group must pass however unpalatable to the public the malcontents who had not paid their taxes were excluded from the council the age limit was lowered to twenty-four in the hope that younger men who had not tasted the loaves and fishes of the medici would favor the righteous cause many of the franciscans who had preached against savonarola were summarily expelled severe penalties were imposed upon priests and gentry who should hold intercourse with the cardinal de medici at rome valori overshot his mark under the existing system of election the composition of the signoria would immediately reflect the current of opinion in the council and from the close of valori's term of office there were unmistakable signs of reaction his successor was bernardo del nero who had succeeded caponi in the leadership of the aristocrats this had a peculiar significance for bernardo was a veteran medician opposed indeed to piero's methods but devoted to the house the leaders of the bigi had been regarded with as much hostility by the Arabiati as by the populace but on Capponi's death the former having no chief equal in talent to valori had turned to bernardo the union was still very far from complete but it was a symptom that the oligarchy might be driven back to the monarchy for shelter against the people. Valori's character and conduct, which even alienated other Savonarolist leaders, had not perhaps been the only cause of the reaction. Pisa seemed as far as ever from recapture. The last French troops were leaving Italy. Pitiless rain had fallen for eleven months, and the harvest of fourteen ninety six had been a total failure in the early months of fourteen ninety seven people dropped dead of famine in the very streets the government did its best to supply grain to the poor but once and again women were crushed to death in the throng that besieged the relief office plague trod on the heels of famine savonarola's sanguine prophecies seemed a mockery to the poor the rest of italy he repeated would be scourged but florence the elected city would be saved now that the barbarian had retired italy had resumed her normal aspect the pope and the tyrants were enjoying their escape only florence had suffered from the flood only florence was shorn and starving the ruling classes whether Arabiati or piagnoni were so occupied by faction that they forgot the possibility of a medician revival there was no medician party no appreciable number who would actively move in piero's favour but while the upper classes resented valori's drastic methods the poor were saying that under the medici they had been better off the hospitable house of the genial cardinal was open to all florentines who visited rome on business or for pleasure valori had failed to check this practice which slowly but surely sapped the republicanism of the aristocracy a handful of citizens believed that they could work upon the general discontent and invited fra mariano the augustinian to florence to preach against savonarola and to act as intermediary between Piero and his friends. The conspirators relied upon the support of the League. Ludovico el Moro indeed drew back, feeling that there could be no sure friendship between himself and Piero. Venice, however, gave support, in the hope of procuring the cession of Pisa. Piero, sanguine as all exiles are, believed that indefinite discontent with the republic implied definite loyalty towards himself and with some thirteen hundred troops led by the orsini captain alviano moved from siena upon florence but for heavy rain he might have surprised the porta romana at early dawn april fourteen ninety seven. bernardo's term of office was just closing and the new signoria was hurriedly elected as being more trustworthy the reported medician partisans were secured in the palazzo publico the gates were guarded the condottieri set in motion piero hearing no rumors of a rising retired upon siena no favor had been shown to the medici but few obeyed the order to join their companies only the personal enemies of piero took up arms and that when he was already retreating the citizens at large were too indifferent to risk their interests when either aristocrats or medici might prove victorious the signoria for may and june fourteen ninety seven contained a majority of arabiati and savonarola's position became critical under pretext of the plague it forbade preaching in the cathedral after ascension day the compagnacci were gaining courage they openly wagered that savonarola should not preach the ascension sermon in the night they befouled the cathedral pulpit savonarola undeterred began to preach when one of his enemies dashed a heavy alms-box to the ground amid cries of "Jesu, jesu the terrified congregation rushed to the doors while the compagnacci shouted and hammered on the desks the brawlers including two members of the eight the very ministry of justice made for the preacher but were beaten off at length the piagnoni returning with arms escorted savonarola to san marco but the convent was now from time to time surrounded by a howling mob the piagnoni and arrabbiati boys stoned each other in the streets and even an ex gonfalonier forgot his dignity and became again a boy and stone-thrower the gonfalonier took advantage of the scandal to propose the friar's dismissal as the only means of healing these passionate dissensions the proposal was lost by a single vote for five of the signoria were for and four against and a majority of two-thirds was requisite the government had a heavy responsibility to face there was no police force which could control the compagnacci unless savonarola could be silenced civil war seemed certain silence was soon imposed not indeed from florence but from rome in june arrived the brief of excommunication which savonarola at first obeyed other circumstances contributed to lull the popular excitement the plague was raging all who had the means left the city and the younger dominicans were sent to the hill convents either the violence of the compagnacci or resentment at papal interference turned the tide of feeling the signorie until the close of fourteen ninety seven were favorable to savonarola while public attention was diverted to an incident in which he had no direct part piero's attempt on florence had been a farce but its sequel was a tragedy in august a disappointed medician agent lamberto della antella disclosed the details of the plot several leading citizens were arrested and others fled it was proved that bernardo del nero though gonfalonier was privy to the plot together with at least two members of his signoria one of whom Battista seristori was curiously enough a pronounced savonarolist the issue finally narrowed itself to the fate of five citizens whose position well illustrates the composition of the biggi bernardo had not perhaps favored the conspiracy he would have preferred an oligarchy with the younger line of medici at its head but he had information of the plot and would not betray his close associates the soul of the attempt was lorenzo turnabuoni a young man of thirty-two the darling of florentine society closely related to the medici he was well-nigh ruined by the revolution but above all feared the apparently inevitable oligarchy for he had been chief among the dandies who had been the personal rivals of piero de medici's cousins of the others niccolo ridolfi was father-in-law to piero's sister and hoped for high position under a restoration giannozzo pucci belonged to the parvenu family in which the medici had long found their cleverest and least scrupulous supporters giovanni cambi was ruined by the pisan war for he had speculated in the medician syndicate for the development of land near pisa money had been supplied by lucrezia salviati piero's sister who frankly confessed that she wished her brother back the executive in florence was notoriously timid in punishing criminals of high family the term of office was so short that vengeance might speedily overtake the judge both signoria and eight hesitated to sentence the conspirators and threw the responsibility on a large pratica here opinion was almost unanimous in favour of death and sentence was duly passed whereon the friends of the accused demanded the right of appeal to the council the signoria was divided and once more referred the question to a pratica this meeting with less unanimity than before reported that delay was dangerous and that the safety of the state demanded a refusal of the appeal five of the priors refused to break the law but were threatened with personal violence by members of the pratica valori thumping the ballot-box on the table swore that either he or the prisoners should die while carlos trozzi took piero guicciardini round the waist and tried to throw him from the window two of the five priors were intimidated and thus the appeal was rejected by six beans guicciardini and two colleagues courageously protesting to the end on the same evening the sentenced men were executed the appeal would certainly have failed it was merely a forlorn expedient to catch at the chances which time might offer yet when popular passion had cooled men reflected that a fundamental law of the new constitution had on the supreme question of life or death been broken and this threw discredit upon those concerned it had hardly been a party issue valori and his savonarolist followers shared the attack with aristocrats who had reason to fear piero's restoration for the defence vespucci and the nerli were most active because they regarded bernardo as their party leader others were moved by friendship or relationship or the fear of giving the people a taste for blood piero guicciardini who throughout was opposed to extreme measures was a moderate Savonarolist, and both the priors for the lesser arts originally supported him. Two Savonarolist diarists, Landucci and Cambi, regard the sentence as cruel, and the historian Guicciardini condemns the refusal of appeal. Of Savonarola's attitude, nothing certain is known. He was under excommunication, and not at this time preaching after piero's fall his entreaties had saved these very citizens the law of appeal was universally regarded as his peculiar work in the course of his own trial he confessed that he should have preferred bernardo's exile that he had recommended lorenzo tornabuoni to valori but in cold terms such as he was not wont to use when he wished his requests fulfilled a revulsion in public sympathy was only natural ordinary citizens had from the first resented the application of torture to the best blood of florence the well-known figure of the bright young tornabuoni was soon missed men remembered the brilliant marriage feast when he had led home the pride of florence the beautiful giovanna d'albizzi the loss of territory and trade the famine the faction the ferocity of the new republic were contrasted with what men began to call the joyous times before fourteen ninety four the responsibility for the judicial crime was fixed upon Valori. he desired it was said to lord it over the council and he struck down bernardo del nero because he alone was sufficiently able to withstand him he would indeed gladly have saved tornabuoni but then his own rival would have escaped the practice of old roman proscription had prevailed friends must be sacrificed that enemies might die meanwhile valori alone profited until the close of fourteen ninety seven his will was law lorenzo de medici had been called a tyrant because after his brother's murder the state had voted him an escort of outriders The dominant Republican Party now established a standing guard in the piazza to protect itself, and there it stayed until Savonarola's death. End of section 18. Recording by Linda Johnson.